This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to this session. My name is James, and uh, such a privilege to be sitting down with Pastor Heinrich today. Welcome, Pastor Heinrich, to your own house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're sitting here drinking a, f- a fake cup of coffee <laughs> together. <laughs> um, Pastor Heinrich, obviously the international leader for Shofar, and um I just, we, we're here to speak this afternoon about worship and specifically for the, the show for worship teams, really trusting just for a word of encouragement for all of us, stir some faith, stir some hope amongst us. Uh, 2020, obviously a crazy, crazy year mm. where pretty much everything around church, we had to rethink the way that we do things. And of course, the worship teams very much affected as well. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the musicians who had to learn how to record stuff at home uh, and, you know, learn how to worship on Zoom, uh, which is a, a yes. very uncomfortable yeah. skill to have to learn. Um, and here we are already, it feels like running through 2021. Mm. And before we get too deep into the year, I'd love just to ask you a few questions mm-hmm. around worship. Yeah. And uh, allow you to, to share some things with the team. Maybe before we get into that, uh, so it's always good just to know a bit more of your background and specifically in worship. Um so, if I'm right, you joined Shofar as a student in the, in the yes. 90s? Yes, okay. 94. Also, 94. Yeah. So, I, I was alive in 94, <laughs> <laughs> unlike I think some of the camera guys here today. <laughs> um, but what, what, what was, maybe what was worship like there when you, when you first came to Shofar? And, yeah. and also, was, how was that compared to what you experienced growing up? Was, yeah. was it very different or was it pretty much the same? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think the worship definitely was what nailed it for me. Mm. Uh, so I'll never forget just walking into uh, Stellenbosch High. It's where we had the services back then. Uh, and I remember we arrived at the church and I think the guys were still running around to, to get the key. Somebody had forgotten the key somewhere and service was supposed to start at 8 or whatever it was and we only started few minutes after that <laughs> um, you know but but just all of that stuff that happened and getting the service prepped and I think there were about 20 25 people and uh, you know, it was uh, Fred on the guitar and selling keyboard and one guy Hans on saxophone oh, wow. and I just like it just it was incredible yeah you know it was just like you home you know the presence of God and it was amazing. It was it was raw. It was prophetic. Yeah. It was uh, authentic. I mm-hmm. think it's it's probably um, one of those moments that was a defining moment for me in terms of knowing, you know, mm-hmm. this is where I belonged. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was because that is what I I think I grew up with mm-hmm. in terms of what worship can be um, as a place that connects people with God and, and with each other as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there were wild times and uh, just, you know, was Fred is an incredible musician, you know, mm. as, as you know, just, I, I had a dream just, you, you guys would appreciate this uh, a few years ago of actually uh, in this dream, man, I was playing the guitar <laughs> like Fred. 
I was playing the guitar like Fred, effortlessly, you know, just, it was, it was, man, it was an awesome dream. And then I woke up. <laughs> and yeah, but um, so that I think the, the, the musical excellence, the robustness of just doing things musically, um, that was unscripted, but also just solid in the word mm. and, and just you know, going with where the Holy Spirit is leading us was, was probably um, yeah, one of the most amazing seasons of my life in, in Shofar. And, sure. and Holy Spirit coming to confirm that. And, and uh, it was during the times of the Toronto blessing. So wild things happening. People, you know, uh, just uh, started laughing. Some people froze. Some people couldn't uh, speak in English or Afrikaans. They could just speak in their tongue. Uh, and all of that stuff happened during worship you yeah. know, and through worship and out of worship. So, um, yeah, for me, when I think of Shofar, I think of just a tabernacle. I think of mm. a place we were birthed in worship, mm. worship in, in church, worship on the streets. And uh, growing up, yeah, I think it was the other question, mm. right? Yeah, so just growing, growing up. Uh, grew up in a conservative environment uh, when my father was uh, in Germany. But in that even remembering just how much they loved music. Mm. So we had the a cappella men's groups. Wow. And uh, my dad just loved that. And so there would always be guys singing. And, uh, Is that in the church service? It's in the church. Okay. It's in church. Oh, um, uh, well, no, 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 no. So in church, we would sing the hymns and then yeah. they would have special evenings, okay. like music evenings. Yeah. Uh, where it would be gospel songs and then the a cappella choirs would, would sing and it was, it was amazing. So that was happening at church, but then at home, oh, we we listened to Salty, and he was like oh, a kids' church. He was my champion. My hero. Yeah, Salty was <laughs> was amazing. Uh, Jan De Wet, uh, and then a lot of guys like Dave Onellis, um, uh, Keith Green is one yeah. of my my ultimate heroes. He's a, um, a Lord, you're beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing song. Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, those guys. Um, so, so all of them played a part in just shaping my mm. my, my, my my journey with with, uh, with worship. And my my uncle Gibbethon's dad, mm. he had a band, Psalm Twenty Three, uh, and they were an amazing band. And I think they they uh, did a lot just stir an expectation in my heart. So I remember probably uh, first time I was in a band. The only time was when my brother <laughs> and my cousins uh, we formed a garage band. Yeah. And wow. uh, we sang the songs that my uncle sang and all the guys, Michael W and Amy Grant and all of them sang. So you were in vocals? I was in vocals. I think I was on drums as well. Vocals oh, wow. and drums. Just, it was lovely. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. Until one of them got the crazy idea to record this thing. <laughs> I listened to it and I was just like, <laughs> all right, that's not one of my strengths. I should probably should do the band a favor and, uh, <laughs> and take a step back from the mic. <laughs> that's un unfortunately now with with streaming services, I think there's there's lots of worship musicians who <laughs> go back and listen to the stream and and yeah, it can be a discouraging experience. It's it's humbling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's humbling. We've yeah, but, but but I think just in that sort of sort of thing, what I wanted to say, it's just like it was always part of our mm. of our life. Uh, yeah, uh, integrity, Hosanna, integrity, mm. Vineyard, mm. Uh, those guys. And then obviously in the different churches, conservative church, house church, Raymo, it's a big church. Mm. Uh, I think there I grew to appreciate different music styles and how you can worship God 
you know, irrespective of whether there's a, it's an organ or a, mm. my dad used to play the accordion, track la fir, mm. and we would worship to that, you know, or whether the drums there, whatever, it, it's very much the, mm. you know, the heart and the passion uh, in connecting with the Lord. Yeah. Can you remember any old songs from those days that you wish we still sang today? Um, Great is thy faithfulness. Uh, it's, a, it's one my dad used to sing often. Yeah. Um, I think thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Yeah. That's that's a, that's just a beautiful one for me. Um, I think this Keith Green one, Lord, you're beautiful. Mm. Um, I actually wrote the words of the song down. I was afraid I was going to forget it. Lord, you're beautiful. Yeah, your face is all I see. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Yeah. That... Um, I think that that's the first one of the first songs that really grabbed my heart, just mm. the, that, that beauty about who the Lord is and mm. beholding Him and, and sort of other things fading away. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, uh, and obviously Amazing Grace, those, uh, those classic ones, yeah. beautiful ones. Yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to get to hymns in a moment. Yeah. You mentioned a few hymns there, so yeah. we'll be speaking about that as well. Um, so something I really want to honor you for and just say that I appreciate so much about you is just your love for the presence of God. And uh, it's just so amazing to follow behind you. And it's so easy because you just, you always place the presence of God at the center of whatever meeting it is. You know, whether it's a, I've been in small meetings with you, I've been in big staff meetings with you, I've been in church services, I've been in convergence conferences, um, and just your desire to just, you know, stop everything when God moves and when God is, is busy doing something. And um, there's actually a, a, a memory probably about 10 years back. Uh, we had a big staff meeting. I think you must have been pastor in Joburg or in Pretoria at that sta yeah, yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we had a long worship session and like a lot of ministry. And then after a while, we, we took a break and kind of everybody left the room. It was there at Odemolin. And um, I was still playing a little bit softly while everyone was leaving. And then you came and you asked, basically you were the only one left and you came and asked, you know, can we, can we continue a bit? Um, and just like worshiping through that break, basically. It was, <laughs> you know, everybody else had left, but you were there on the kind of face down on the floor and I just that's so etched in my in my memory of as a definition of of who you are as a person and as a worshiper like you know just I'll give up anything just to to be in God's presence so I just want to thank you for that and also ask you you know where do you where did where did that kind of love for God's presence in worship where did it start for you and what is what is worship kind of mean to you over mm. the years mm. um, and many years in ministry, mm. obviously raising a family, what does worship mean to you and your family and in ministry? Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I think it, it would probably not be an under or overstatement to say it's, it's the breath in my lungs. Mm. Uh, I think, I think I would, I would literally not be able to do uh, ministry life without that lifeline. Mm. Yeah. Lifeline of worship. So, um, I remember that moment. I remember that moment well. Just, uh, it was actually one of the things that I I uh, really appreciated about you as well. And just <laughs> that that uh, the service wasn't over when the people left. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. it was that, that, that communion and fellowship with, with the Lord. And I think for me, what has been instrumental was um, um, there's a story in the Bible where, where, where Moses meets with God and, and he's in the tabernacle. And, and there's a, just a short little sentence that says, and, and Joshua, the servant of Moses, yeah. stayed behind. Mm. Um, and I think uh, I read that as a, as a young boy. So, so growing up, our family was always a little bit different, be that in the, in the in traditional environment where my dad got, got filled with the Holy Spirit, um, I think first or second year into, into becoming a, a minister. Um, so we were always a little bit at odds with the, the, the bigger narrative. You know? So as a family, we, we had to find ways of or fueling ourselves, mm. ways of keeping your flame alive and your passion alive and centered on God when everybody's going one direction and you feel the Lord is leading another direction. Mm. So I think I saw that modeled, um, uh, that, that worship, you know, my dad isn't the most expressive, the most uh, uh, um, loudest of people, but, but he had this, this intimate connection with God in mm. worship and in prayer and obviously devotion. So I think I saw that modeled. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw that to be strength. And, and I said, but I want that. And then obviously seeing that in Joshua's life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so for me, just through the years, it's, it's been the place, it was my safe place. Mm-hmm. It's my safe place. And, you know, so, so spiritually speaking, um, we were very often, like I said, a little bit at odds with what was going on around us. Um, culturally as well, because we moved around quite a lot. Mm-hmm. We were always a family that was a little bit, out, you know, I was the Dumanese child or the pastor's kid. <laughs> so the, the roads were always very often, there was always an intersection or a crossroads mm. where I had to choose which way I was going to go. Mm. And, and I would often worship my way just through that, mm. you know, be that I'm not going to date at high school, be it I'm not going to go to the volleyball after the event function, or I'm not going to go to the disco back then or whatever it was, you know, or we, we're going to forgive or whatever. It was always via the avenue of, of worship. Sure. So it simplifies my life, you know, mm-hmm. so with all the pressure of, of being a dad, or being a pastor, apostolic mm-hmm. team leader, all of those things, none of those things matter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when I'm worshiping. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it was born, it was born out of desperation. I remember the early years, um, and I know you also wanted to just, uh, want us to chat a little bit about, what do we do when we, we don't have the platform? Mm. You know, when we can't gather, we mm. can't play and do the music and the stuff we normally could. Um, I think for me, some of the most precious times were when I couldn't do that. Yeah. And I had to pay attention to what's under the surface. Yeah. Uh, because ultimately what's under the surface eventually manifests on the, yeah. you know, on the stage in some way or another. Uh, and for me, it's just that opportunity to say, okay, Lord, I just want to be your child, like the Keith Green song says, you know, yeah. I just want to have your eyes on me and I don't really care who looks at me and who, who thinks what uh, I need as a good antidote for my own heart. Mm. Right? Because without that, I think I'm a bit of a people pleaser, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's my, it's my inherent weakness coupled to my strength in terms of being aware of people and where people are at and journeying with yeah. people. But if, if it isn't consecrated to God, yeah. you know, it, it, it can become very dangerous. Mm. So worship for me is a reminder that I live for the audience and the pleasure and the approval of one. Mm. You know, so it's 
I think it's been a joy, but also a discipline that I try to, to cultivate. Mm. Yeah, and I, also I saw that in my, my grandmother as well, how, how she, she was able to transform spaces, mm. you know, just through her worship. Simple songs, tell you singing, tell like an old Afrikaans hymn. <laughs> um, she would just sing that, you know, over and over again. Being in old age home, it was, it was which was a scary place with many people losing their minds, literally. <laughs> uh, and she would transform that space, sure. you know, just through her, her worship, her thankfulness to yeah. the Lord. And I think that sort of it's it's um, capstones for my for my journey and my my faith. Yeah, but thank you for. For the way that you do model it, it's um, as I said, it's for us as worshippers. When the pastor's in the front and he's worshiping his heart out, it it makes such a difference, and it's so inspiring for for us as the worship team. So so thank you. I must say I I'm also aware of that because I know it's a pastor, yeah. you know, <laughs> preaching. <laughs> I know I know the difference it makes if there's just one guy out there that says amen, you know. So if there's one guy there that that uh, as his arms are loft and is lost in the presence of God, uh, I hope it encourages. <laughs> Sometimes you just watch that one guy and you worship with that one guy. <laughs> um, you mentioned now the one thing which is can be your greatest weakness or your greatest strength of, of just being aware of people. And that's kind of leading into the next thing I want to chat about. It's a, one of those difficult questions that I, I wrestle with and sometimes people ask for my input and I... It, it's a difficult question. It's, it's just being aware of the the different people who are coming to our services. And church is obviously a miracle. It's, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's no kind of common sense reason why it should work um, because we just from s- different people, different backgrounds, cultures, races, generations. Uh, it's a miracle. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit crazy. And so... When it comes to our, the way that we express worship, often that's what it looks like and what it sounds like is shaped by kind of the the majority of one particular demographic yeah. in a church. Yeah. Um, but how do we create space in our services that everybody feels welcome mm. when there will be some who don't get to sing in their primary language mm. and there will be some who would prefer it to sound different, whether it's mm kind of genre or just cultural expression mm. or whatever. Um, how do we create a space where everyone feels welcome and included, but without, it can, because it can obviously go too far to the other side where it becomes this exhausting exercise of try yeah. to, trying to please everybody yeah. and um, let's do this many yeah. songs in this language. And, yeah. you know, yeah. how, how do we do, how do we wrestle yeah. through that? There's a, there's a saying that sort of has helped me a lot. Um, I, I forget who says it, but something in the lines of uh, people don't care how much you know until they know that you care. Mm. Or they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. And I think that's the same for, for songs uh, and set lists. Um, I, I don't think people really care that much about how many songs we have on the set list that are representative of different styles and mm. But if, 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 they, if they know that you care about them, mm. and I think um, I always look at the, the, uh, the band and the, especially the guys that are coordinating and with everyone, you know, on the, on the stage and part of the band as, as co-pastors. You know, there's a pastoring yeah. function that a band fulfills. Yeah. It's a ministering function at the end of the day. We're all just ministers. Yeah. 
Um, and so I think the band has a wonderful opportunity of, of being part of what the Lord can use to, to create a safe space for his people. Mm. And so for me, you, you know, um, I think just enjoying God in the first place mm. um, and enjoying God's people. Yeah, and, and I think people know, know that. They pick that up, you yeah. know, when, when you're really enjoying the Lord and you're enjoying being with God's people. Yeah. Um, and I think if that is what glues us together and keeps us together, then the technicalities around how many of you know, faster songs or older hymns or you know, Afrikaans or Zulu or English songs we have there to represent our demographic, I think that disappears a little bit. Mm. You know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen people you know, be outside of their comfort zones in an environment that culturally they don't really would necessarily be drawn to, yeah. but because they know that they love it. Sure. And they know that the main thing is the main thing there. They yeah. love Jesus and the band loves Jesus. Yeah. That that I think creates a space of trust and also where one is prepared to journey with each other. Yeah. So I would want to say don't try and force it. Don't, don't try and get technical about it and think you've got so many people from this demographic and from that age group and now. Mm-hmm. I, I think people don't want to be insulted mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way, you know, by mm-hmm. and I think there's enough uh, uh, um, window dressing and enough. Yeah of that doing the rounds, the authenticity is the key. Yeah. And, and that is our opportunity and blessing as a church because I think what we do have is the opportunity to be authentic. Mm. And that separates us from doing a show. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I do believe there is a responsibility as well to think about those things mm. and, and to really think about it from the perspective of, I don't really want to put the weight of expectation upon the set list to facilitate something that isn't happening in real life. Yeah. And maybe to work it from the other way around and to mm. say, let me, let me get to know the people. Yeah. You know, if I know what Mike and Debbie, older couple, what they enjoy mm. um, and why they enjoy it, then mm. for me, it's not going to become a mechanical exercise to put that song in there, but I'll, yeah. I'll be connecting with, you know, mm. something that they've connected with. Yeah. And so the set list then becomes a reflection of our journey together. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Um, uh, at times, you will also have to have a prophetic action, you know, prophetic season where you, I think you want to um, be catalytic in what you want to see mm. happen in church. Mm. Um, and so take a step of faith and say, we're going to introduce a new song. Um, but I would say the technicalities would probably be, be the last thing to look at and rather to look at, at uh, journeying with people mm. um, Asking questions, you know, and just uh, finding out what people enjoy, yeah, and enjoying them. And I think if that is there, um, then then we really can have a lot of grace with each other in different different spaces. Yeah, and obviously, if you're in a predominant African speaking community, you know, then it doesn't make sense to force another song in there. Mm. Then you go with the demographic that the Lord has given you, and you celebrate that. Mm. Same with any other uh, uh, subculture or group that you're ministering ministering to. Yeah. But I think one needs to have the conversation. Yeah. And as there are, if there are band members from different cultural groups, there's a wonderful opportunity mm. to, to glean a little bit on them yeah. and, and, and you know, what they bring to the table. Yeah. And I think just to be aware as well that our worship, like you've mentioned it a few times, is informed by our culture. Mm. So no, I, I, I have to learn that you know, there's some churches where it's so easy to minister because people are responding all the time, mm. you know, and so that's lacking. <laughs> and then there's some places where people are a little bit less responsive and, and, and you have to make a decision not to, to judge their commitment yeah. 
you know, or the, the genuineness of the heart by yeah. what you see on the outside. Yeah. And I had to learn that and I, I have respect for the way people, people respond differently in, in worship even as, as well. Yeah, I mean, it's so good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to like cut that out and just <laughs> have that ready to play for people when they ask me that question. Um, you, you mentioned now hymns and we spoke about hymns a little bit earlier as well. You kind of, you know, making space for some people do have an expectation or maybe yeah. they the way that they love to express worship is yeah. is with older songs. And yeah. you actually spoke to me recently about just you felt an urgency on your heart that we we do need to to sing more more hymns. Yeah. And I I think a lot of the worship leaders in a lot of our churches are probably kind of younger or, you know, young with families, you know. So maybe hymns aren't the first kind of genre that they would reach to when they're yeah. choosing songs. You know, there's a lot of young people love to, you know, it hasn't even dropped on iTunes and they yeah. want to sing it on Sunday, um, looking for the new song. So w- what for you is, is important about us singing hymns right mm. now? Um, and, and why do you feel that urgency for right now? Yeah. I think if I take a step back to the previous question, um, part of that is, is a sensitivity to understanding how limited I am. Mm. in my understanding of the gospel and my, my understanding of even of, of worship. So just to walk with humility. Mm. I think it's crucial for, for a praise team leader, a pastor, anyone in leadership to, to know that I see in part. Yeah. You know, and looking back now, if, if I look back at the things that I thought were going to work out in a certain way, I mean, marriage is the same, isn't it? When you enter that first phase and you, you think you, you know a lot and you know, even know what it means when you say you love your wife, looking back now, you know, Almost 18 years later, when I say I love it now, it means something completely different to mm. what it did, you know, back then. Because yeah. I, there's a depth of understanding and growth that has mm. taken place. <clears throat> and I think to have that humility mm. in our in our journey as 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 praise teams as well, mm. and just to understand that I'm poorer without the contribution of others. Yes. So I'm I'm, I'm poorer without the guys who who swim differently than I do, yeah. you know, gifting wise, doctrine wise. Yeah. I need them, yeah. um, and that's why we need the different generations to bring their contributions to different culture groups that are represented. That the Lord is what, what did the Lord place in our hands yeah. in terms of age, in terms of culture, and to steward that well. Um, and I think part of what this generation is discovering is is obviously one wants to celebrate the passion, one wants to celebrate the the, the zeal mm. and the flexibility mm. um, that one has when you when you're young. Mm. And I think you don't want to lose that. I mean, if I look back, my formative years in Shofar, you know, it was mm. really around so much that we dreamt about together. Mm. You know, so many things we saw, you know, in worship and just going on for hours. <clears throat> you know, um, our praise and worship times were our gym sessions. You know, <laughs> you were just like, if you didn't sweat, if you weren't soaking wet, you didn't praise. You know, it's just like, and you would go on for hours. <clears throat> um, if you didn't lose your voice as well, you know, you were still a little bit... Uh, uh, lukewarm, <laughs> you know, and a lot of that, I look back now and I see that there was, there was zeal, but I wouldn't do it any differently, you know, because it shaped me. Yeah. God, used, I'm glad I went all in, yeah. you know, and I, I want to think in a certain way that I would become even a little bit more like that, you know. Mm. I, I, mm. I certainly don't want to uh, be 45 now, look back at my 20-year-old self and think, man, that guy was passionate. Uh, I miss him, mm. you know. I want to, I want, to, I want to exceed him, yeah. you know, in passion. I, so, so I think it's part of me in terms of that. One. So I don't want to lose yeah. what the Lord imparted into my life at a certain phase of growth and yeah. you know, spiritual growth 
physical uh, season of growth as well. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that the danger if one just surrounds oneself with the newest and the latest and the thing that's trending mm. is that we, we're having to rediscover for ourselves beautiful truths, mm. you know, that um, we unnecessarily forget. Yeah. You know, you have, to, you have to learn lessons that other people have learned. Mm. And because um, you know it as well, how, how powerfully music shapes our doctrine, our, our, our expectations of God. Mm. And, and I think there is a, a, a massive challenge in terms of depth to, to, to songs, modern day songs, some absolutely beautiful songs being written. And there's definitely a shift back yes. to the word. Yes. Um, but I think we need now in this environment in which we are in where everything is being challenged you know, and shaken. And mm -hmm. we've, we've got worship leaders, uh, parachurch organization leaders, pastors, you know, uh, that have walked away from the faith or mm -hmm. have sinned terribly, that have shaken people's faith. Mm -hmm. We can't meet the way that we wanted to. Uh, we can't have the, the bands together the way we wanted to. Um, and I think it's important when we anchor ourselves in the hymns, it reminds us that the church has always been a resilient community. We were yeah. all always stronger than one particular song, one particular generation. Yeah. Um, and and to connect ourselves to because in the past we would read, we would have lots of time, and we would read, you know, the biographies of of all the saints, and 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 that will help us to anchor ourselves in the great cloud of witnesses that mm. the Hebrews speak about. And I think singing those older hymns connects us to those generations, those great cloud of witnesses, yeah. and it. In the spirit unleashes, uh, I think, a dimension of faith, you know, yes. that you're not alone. Yeah. Um, one of the old Hillsong songs was all over the world, people just like us, mm. upraising his name, <laughs> lifting him high, something like that, you know, yeah. all over the world, people just like us. And I think it, it anchors us in that. It doesn't matter if we're 50, mm. you know, or if we're a home group, or if we're having to worship over Zoom now, but all over the world and right throughout the ages, mm. people have sung Amazing Grace, you know, all over the world. People have sung, how great thou art. You know, there's mm. just things that, that, that anchor us. Mm. And, and I think, so it anchors us. I think it um, shapes our doctrine in a beautiful way, keeps mm. us from error. Yeah. And I think it creates an opportunity for us to feel part of the bigger, uh, bigger body of Christ. Mm. You know, it connects us to the Our Father, mm. you know, which is, which I think. Plus, what I think sometimes, you know, song has to be, um, I don't know if same for you, but you can listen to a song and it takes you back. Mm. It takes you yeah. back to a moment in your, in your life, journey, yeah. roads yeah. that you've walked, tears that you've cried. Mm. And a lot of those songs that have come from the older generations have been birthed in tremendous loss, tremendous pain. Yeah. And yet they, they've outlasted the lifetime of those, of those authors, you know, yeah. even of that generation. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think there are just some songs that are great in terms of its melody, great in terms of its passion, mm. but it hasn't withstood the test of time yet. Mm. And certain songs have, mm. and they're universally applicable to everyone. And you can feel it when you sing it, there's yeah. a weight, yeah. you know, there's a weight to it. Um, and you would often feel it when you stop the guitar and you stop the keyboard and people just sing. Yeah. And then you feel there's like, mm, you know, there's just something here, you can park yeah. there. <laughs> and I think we need it now more than ever. Um, yeah, because there's just too much that's changing around us all the time. I mean, I, mean. um, I fully agree. And um, 
I also just want to maybe a, a comment in terms of songwriters. Um, I just really encourage songwriters to to draw inspiration from hymns. Um, guy like Greg Boy, um, who I write a lot with, he's actually got a collection of, of hymn books. So, yeah. and he loves collecting secondhand books. So whenever he's in a mm. secondhand bookstore, he looks for the hymn books, mm. and uh, he just reads them for just kind of to enrich his like yeah. his devotional life with God, but yeah. he, but also to enrich his songwriting because I think. Like you say, we we're very passionate today, the, the the modern generation. But we 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 kind of rewrite something today, and we we contend. Okay, this will be fine, and we yeah. we kind of record it and bring it out tomorrow. But uh, just to to be really to craft those lyrics, um, yeah. there's something to to the depth of those lyrics. Yeah. But that's obviously so informed also by the theology that we Absolutely. are uh, immersing ourselves in. Yeah. Um, that comes through in our songwriting. I thought yeah. I should yeah. just mention that yeah. as well. Definitely, definitely, and, and I think um, I was I was reminded of of uh, I think there's opportunity for us with with songwriting. I think there's a void for something authentic, yeah. and and um, it's really rooted mm. in depth. Mm. Uh, and so I think that the world is also waiting for for something powerful. I think our conversation started with me. I don't know how I came across it, an article that said that the number one trending song at that stage, I think it was a week or two ago on iTunes, mm. uh, on the Christian charts, was a song written by uh, a lady who's actually professed uh, uh, um, LGBTQ uh, mm. lifestyle, um, I don't know how to call it, person, um, who makes secular songs and she, her song is trending, you know, mm. a, a Christian song that she wrote, but it just has spiritual themes to it, but it's nothing Christian about it. It's mm. trending right at the top of sure. the Christian music charts. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of that would be our own supporters, but I suppose a lot of that could just be believers just listening. I think we need discernment in this day and age is yes. so crucially important. Yeah. So crucially important. And music and, and songs that are rooted in scripture helps our discernment as well because yeah. now we have a filter. Yeah. Because we filter life through, through music, don't we, as well. Mm. Most of the time, you've got a song playing in your head, <laughs> and that that creates a filter for us through which we look at life. Mm. Um, so I think discernment is crucially important in this in these last days in which we are which we are in. Yeah. Amen. Um, one more question for you, which is um, kind of back to the beginning when I just mentioned the craziness of 2020 and everything that we've been through and how things look so different and. What I've picked up is, is a lot of discouragement amongst worship teams, especially people who are, you know, there's been some musicians who haven't been able to play in church for mm. over a year now, uh, just because, you know, bands are a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, so the need is less. Yeah. Um, how, how, how do we keep our worship teams, you know, focused and full of faith in this time and just yeah. kind of... Sure. What 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 do you sense God is wanting to do in our hearts? Because it's obviously it's amongst all the difficulty, it's an opportunity. Mm. It's an invitation from mm. God mm. to shape us yeah. and to change us. So, yeah. what do you sense God is wanting to do in this time, yeah. while things look different? Yeah, I think it's to to latch onto what I said previously. It's to pay attention to the things underneath the surface. Mm. I think if we believe God is in control, uh, ultimately in the bigger picture. Mm. And we have to embrace this. Mm. Uh, and I can completely relate. I mean, you know, for us as pastors, it was difficult. Mm. Um, not being able to minister to a live audience. Mm. You, at least we were still able to minister, but it was difficult because you don't 
there's, there's no feedback. Mm. I mean, to speak to a camera, mm. uh, you miss the people. Uh, it was really, really tough. You have all sorts of questions. You know, is this what I want to do with my life? Is this what I signed up for? You know, <laughs> is this really, is this it? <laughs> and then you're reminded of gladiator who stands with his sword and saying, this is not it. <laughs> you know? um, and I sometimes felt that way, you know? like I would pull a sword and say, this wasn't the dream, you know? <laughs> this wasn't what inspired me to get into ministry to uh, sit behind the microphone and, uh, and preach through a screen. You yeah. know? It wasn't what I dreamt of as an as a inspiring minister. But it was good for my heart. So I, I maybe want to recommend a book that I'm now recommending to all of our pastors, um, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, mm. uh, Peter Scazzaro, and just talks about, about our hearts and how dangerous the Christian um, culture, church culture can be, you know, yeah. where it pushes us to a place where, I mean, we all know it. We've, we've spoken about it many times, but where the activity just keeps on pushing you from the one band practice to the next, yeah. the one performance to the next, the one sermon to the next, the one Bible school teaching to the next, the one preparation of next small group to the next. And so you're always busy doing these things. Yeah. And how shocking it is how, how few Christian leaders have the basics down mm. as a lifestyle, mm. Bible reading, prayer, personal worship, mm. and rest. Mm. Um, really... Uh, Shocking. Mm. And so I think it's for the younger guys, especially, I want to say it's an opportunity to dig deep mm. and to set yourself up for finishing strong. Yeah. And not to ignore the season because it's going to change. You know, it's going to change. Mm. We, we are going to be able to minister to a lot of people again in the needs. I mean, there are already needs rising. Yeah. You know, we've got fellowship groups and church plants that are popping up everywhere and who, who will need worship leaders to go and help us plant churches and. Uh, you know, churches are going to grow, church services are going to grow, and mm. maybe we're going to do church differently instead of having one big church service in a location, have multiples, you know. Mm. So so the harvest is coming in, and so we're going to get busy again, mm. you know, all hands to the plow. <clears throat> so maybe I want to say that first is things are going to change. Yeah. <laughs> things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. um, but to embrace this opportunity to dig deep yeah. and to have some honest conversations with the Lord about the condition of our hearts, mm. And, and why did my passion for reading the Word wane when I didn't have as many opportunities to minister from the Word? Mm. And I love the Word now for what, what I can mm. teach someone else. Do I love the Word for the Word? Mm. You know, do, I, do I love worship or do I love the Lord? Mm. You know, which is, can sound like the same thing, but it's mm. often not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, do, do I, I love just sitting at His feet and serving Him or do I love serving him primarily through serving his people. Yeah. You know, and, and those are, you can give easy answers to that. Mm. But I think the Lord is prolonging the season a little bit as well because the easy answers are probably not the real answers. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraged by David. If we think about, you know, how many Psalms he wrote that really speak to us and, and have really blessed us, so many of them are written in those 14 years between him being anointed as king mm. and him becoming king. You know, so he was anointed to be king but for 14 years. He was running in the desert and, and running for his life. Mm. Um, and yet what, what remains with us now with the songs born out of that time. Yeah. You know, so, so I think digging deep, being aware of the fact there's still opportunities to minister. Mm. 
Yeah. Now can your creativity and the gift that the Lord has given you maybe manifest in other ways? Yeah. You know, like we off air spoke about the neighborhood watch, you know, I had to find a place to connect with people again. Mm. You know, and so it was during lockdown that I started the neighborhood watch patrol in our area. <laughs> I could connect with people mm. again, you know, and so my you know, I want to do something beyond just my job description as a pastor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think if we if we're gonna ask the Lord, then we're gonna see that. Yeah, maybe I can't minister in the band, but yeah, maybe I could just play a song to my grandmother and bless her. Mm. Go to the old age home. Well, yeah. Many old age homes won't let you in, but <laughs> pitch your speaker outside <laughs> yeah. and sing a couple of hymns to them. Yeah. You know, I think if we, there are opportunities for us, number one, Amen. for our own hearts, yeah. and number two, to have the Lord really do something, you know, through us still, yeah. outside of the traditional church service setup. Yeah. Um, and then looking back, if we're careful to chronicle what the Lord gives us and to, and to write them down, mm. you, you'll get some wonderful inspiration. Mm. So many of my sermons are, are born out of stuff that I wrote 20 years ago in my journals, sure. you know, out of times when I, I remember um, uh, asking the apostolic team one stage, I don't even think I was a pastor, if I can join them for intercession in, in Stellenbosch. It was like a year. I didn't pray anything. You know, I, just, I just prayed in the Spirit. I went every morning and I just prayed in the Spirit. I was just just too intimidated to pray. <laughs> they would immediately, when I pray, pick up, I'm a flake, you know? <laughs> so I would just pray in the spirit for a year before I prayed anything in Afrikaans or English. <laughs> but you know that, that I struggled with intimidation. I struggled with uh, feeling insecure. Um, but, I, but I just said, Lord, even in that, I want to step out. Mm. You know, even in that feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I, want, I just want to step out and, and, and that shaped me, you know, yeah. build depth in me and, and character in me and perseverance in me. Mm. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity mm. to, to go deep with the Lord and to trust Him for an anointing um, beyond what, what's accessible for us when we're just in front of, in front of people. Mm. Then we can come back stronger. Yeah. yeah. We need the anointing, James. Yeah. We need the anointing and, and, and we don't need performance. Yes, amen. You know, um, and so we need to allow the Lord to continue the crushing mm-hmm. for our hearts that's needed so, so, so the, oil can, the oil can flow. Amen. And I just want to say a big shout out to all of our teams because I've, I've been to different congregations and been watching stuff, you know, guys are uploading and just must be incredibly difficult. You're, you're out of your comfort zone. <laughs> and guys are still there, you know, mm-hmm. plugging away, playing the songs, mm-hmm. leading the people in worship over Zoom, facilitating at meetings. And just, man, couldn't be prouder. I couldn't be prouder of our, of our people. And, and I know I speak to guys who, whose hearts are solid, you know, after the Lord. Um, it's one of the, the things I really boast about, about our church family. And I think there's this beautiful um, desire for excellence and, and, and people who take their skills seriously, but also don't confuse that with what the Lord is really looking for. Yeah. And that combination is very precious for me. You, you see that authenticity and just guys stepping out sometimes, you know, when I go and visit congregations, I'm like, wow, man, it's just amazing. Where do you get that talent from? You know, where do you, it's like, that's, a, that's not fair. You know, <laughs> I want some of that. Um, and just the passion and the commitment that goes into that. But also just, I can also see guys just stepping out, you know, outside of their comfort zone. They're doing this not because they're necessarily the best in a congregation to do this, but because they don't want to be a spectator. They want to make a difference, you know. And I just, my, I tip my hat to all of you guys as as teams. Yeah. Sure, that's it from me, Pastor Amir.
Um, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would want to say that you would want to share? Um, there is something short. Just um, I've been meditating on Daniel, Daniel mm. 10. So can I read it quickly? Yes, please. Just, um, just as an encouragement to you guys. Mm. So it's from Daniel 10, verse, um, verse 10, actually. It says, suddenly a hand touched me. So this is Daniel, and it's by the vision, the visions that the Lord gives him. And at one stage, he sees this angel, Michael, that, that comes. And at first, when you read it, it sounds like the Lord appearing, but then you see it's just, it's just Michael, mm. <laughs> you know, or Gabriel, rather. And just like his eyes are blazing. I mean, this fire <laughs> coming out everywhere, and his voice sounds like a waterfall. And you're like, it must be the Lord. <laughs> oh, no, it's just Gabriel. It's just- <laughs> yeah. And Daniel is lying there. He's like, he's got no strength left in him. You know, he's like dead. And, um, and then it says, verse 10, suddenly... A hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Um, before that, he was like on his face on the ground, his face to the ground, and then his hand touches him and says it makes him tremble, but then he gets onto his hands and onto his knees. And then this, this, this angel says to him, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So we see, you know, at first he's just like down on the ground, mm. all breath gone from his body. And then his hand touches him and then he gets onto his, his hands and his knees. And then the word comes to him and then he, he stands. Mm. Still trembling, but he, but he stands. Um, and then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So if we were to have that, uh, that weekend, uh, we gathered the teams. I wanted to expand on that a little bit more, but mm. <clears throat> just one or two quick thoughts. I really feel the Lord is wanting to say to, to some of the guys, just, um, you are his greatly beloved son and, mm. and daughter. You know, in spite of what you're going through, it's just a very personal word. Mm that the Lord just wants to speak. And that's the word that changes us. You know, yeah. That's the word just, he loves you. It doesn't come to him and say, Daniel, great prophet. You know, yeah. it's just man greatly loved by God. Yeah. And I just felt that that's a word that some of us need to hear. Some of our guys need to hear. And then, you know, where he has the encounter is with the Lord. It's, he's, he's, he's consecrated himself. It's the end of his 21-day fast. And, and I feel there's an opportunity for us to take a consecration very seriously. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that has happened, with Christian leaders falling, I do believe God is calling us maybe to go back and just do a bit of a study even on the on the Levites and just what it meant to be consecrated to the Lord. You mm. know, a whole generation, a lineage that's consecrated to God, mm. to live with that. So there's a sense of a fear and trembling component attached to me picking up my guitar, taking up the word to, to minister as a, as a priest and as a Levite in the Lord's house. Um, and, and, to, and to consecrate yourself to the Lord purposefully mm. and say, God, come and do in me what you need to do in me. Mm. And what he says there is that since you've set your heart to understand and humbled yourself, um, your words have, have caused something to happen. Your, your prayers have caused something to happen. And, mm. and, and I believe with all of my heart that the humility in our teams uh, and the cry for God to anoint us, mm. the cry for God to move in our midst, uh, it's been a constant cry. It's been a long cry, but I do believe it has set in motion something in the spirit, mm. and that there's a suddenly coming for us. Mm. We're going to see the presence of the Lord manifesting in our churches through worship, 
Um, but it's, 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 it's because of the consecration of the Levites mm -hmm. um, that, that are also battling certain things in the spirit. So I just want to encourage those that are battling through things, maybe unity with a team, maybe unity with a pastor, maybe whatever it is, you know, spirit of religion in the town or with the church that uh, help is on its way, mm -hmm. that the Lord has released his angelic beings mm -hmm. and the breakthroughs are coming. But will it find us um, in his presence? Mm. Or will it find us having moved on, you know, to settle for a life without the anointing or a life without uh, that sense of calling? Yeah. So make your calling sure, guys. Uh, I feel the Lord is, is really asking us to, to live like priests, mm. you know, live like Levites. Mm. Um, um, listen to some of Don Potter's stuff. Mm. Uh, just the worship it goes out of that, that place of, uh, being yielded to the Lord. Yeah. Um, so be encouraged. Uh, help is on its way. And there's mm -hmm. breakthroughs coming in your, in your congregations even. Um, and it's going to be because of your faithfulness as well. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. It's been we a pleasure <laughs> chatting with you. <laughs> <laughs> I've loved it. I look forward to the follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you pray for us? Absolutely. It would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thanks. His Father, Lord, we... <laughs> Thank you that God, in a in a very real way, Lord, we we finding ourselves at the at the end, Lord, of a of a season of much fasting and prayer, Lord, and many questions where we've set our hearts to understand. Even God, what are you busy with, Lord? What's what's happening? What's happening in my own heart? What's happening in our team? What's happening in our congregations? What's happening in our nation? What's happening in the world? And Lord, we thank you that as we set our hearts to understand with humility that. You delight in, in giving us the answers, Lord. You delight in meeting with us. And, and Father, I just want to speak over our teams, Lord, the knowledge that, that we are loved, God, that each one is not just loved but greatly loved. Yes. Um, Lord, that you see the struggles, you see the desire for your presence, you see the desire for pure life. And I just want to pray for those, Lord, who feel overwhelmed by their own weaknesses, Lord, overwhelmed by their own inadequacies, um, personally or gifted-wise or in terms of their hearts, even, even some who've just been doubting their motives even, Lord. And I, I thank you for the invitation that you, you have before us to come just as we are, Lord. Yes. And I just ask that we would embrace this opportunity to, to accept the invitation that we often give to our congregation members and, and those that we lead in worship to come just as we are, that we would now come, Lord. And, and Father, thank you for the angelic release, Lord, your heavenly messengers, I feel, Lord, just uh, songs, Lord, have been released. And I want us to speak, Lord God, uh, fertile soil over our church family, the hearts of those who need to receive those songs. Thank you for fresh anointing, Lord, those going through the crushing right now, Lord, not to lose heart, but to know, God, that there's a beautiful anointing, a beautiful fragrance and scent, Lord, that will constantly be burning in your tabernacle, the tabernacle of your people meeting together. God, in Jesus' name. So we honor you. We thank you that you are good to us. We thank you we can be part of this amazing church family. And we thank you, Lord, that you know each one by name and that you'll be faithful, Lord, to finish the work that you have started. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Amen. you so much. Yeah. Awesomeness. Bless you. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Be blessed. And hopefully I'll be coming to a church close to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth Podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media.